Welcome to the Illuminating Mycelium Podcast. The podcast for everyday people by everyday people. I'm your host, Project Dave, and I'm back at it again to continue highlighting and amplifying the lives, ventures, and endeavors of everyday people just like you and me and learning from them along the way. As part of this quest, I'll be interviewing my very good and very kind friend, Kaylin Schultz, who's an absolute rock star. And I promise it's not just because she bought me Starbucks, but shout out to her for this delicious mocha cookie crumble frappe and dream bar. So we'll be discussing practicing kindness, being an ally to oppressed folks, helping our local communities, and what we look forward to under the new presidential administration. I'm very excited to share this with you all today, and I'm very grateful to her for coming on. So without further ado, here comes Kaylin. When talking about everyday people and their stories, we can't help but talk about all their hard work. So grab a cup of coffee. I often think about what fuels a lot of these everyday folks, as well as what sustains me personally. Coffee certainly helps, but it can't just be any coffee. It's gotta be coffee made by everyday people for everyday people. The kind that when you brew it in a pot, it kind of just draws everyone to the kitchen and they're sniffing that aroma. Our beans are sourced from small businesses in the heart of the Appalachia. My personal favorite, the Route 39 blend from Lexington Roasters is a Forbes top ranked coffee. You can also check the notes on each blend to determine flavor profiles, shipping, and more. Beans are roasted on a weekly basis to ensure freshness. So if you're looking for some extra fuel to aid you in your everyday lives, ventures, and endeavors, go to thegrindbluefield.com backslash shop dash coffee dash roast or click the link in the description to pick out your next coffee beans and brew a pot of happiness. The grind never stops. Kaylin, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's sunny and cold out. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad that the sun started poking out too because I need the vitamin D pretty bad. Seasonal depression is pretty crazy right now. It really is. Well, anyways, thanks for coming on the podcast. You are welcome. Thank you for having me. Before we dive into some of the more intensive questions, let's just go over your background a little bit. So do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, I'm Kaylin. I would first describe myself as a mother. I work downtown Minneapolis at Take Care Chiropractic and Wellness. I love politics, mountain biking, and photography. Those are my big passions in life. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. So first question I have for you, did you grow up in Minnesota? I absolutely did. Born and raised. (laughs) Awesome. And do you feel proud to be from here? I would say yes and no. I think Minnesota as a state has a lot of deep-seated racism, and it's something we are getting more progressive, but it's something that we need to continue to work on. Definitely. So moving on to our first topic, which is practicing kindness. Um, You're a very kind person, and you never cease to amaze me. So how do you continue to be so kind despite such a chaotic world? I'm just myself. It takes more effort to be rude to people rather than just be kind. I haven't always been this way. As you know, David, I've grown (laughs) quite a bit since we've worked at Whole Foods Market. Um, I want to be the type of person 
that people remember. I want to be the type of woman that cheers on other women. I want to be known for making random people smile in difficult times. I like that. So from your experience, what would you say is the most effective way of spreading kindness and getting others to practice kindness? I would honestly say be that person who wants to be remembered for the good in the world they've done. Cool, cool. And last question on this topic. So how do you stay patient in a chaotic world like the one we're living in now? I would say taking every day, one day at a time. We need to learn to live in the moment. And I feel through this pandemic and everything that has been going on, it has only made me learn to expect the unexpected and to really just soak in the moment, you know? Yeah, I feel that. All right, cool. Um, so moving on from kindness and switching gears here, let's talk about being an ally to oppressed folks. So that means, you know, Black folks, Indigenous folks, the LGBT community, anyone that is oppressed here in this country. So first question, what does it mean to you to be an ally for oppressed and marginalized groups? It means a lot. I feel like I've put in a lot of work and I still am, whether it's doing research, reading books, or even just showing up for those communities. Talking about it is the most important thing. Acknowledging the privilege I have and a lot of people have is the first step. Definitely. So what would you say, in your opinion, is the most tangible way that other privileged folks can be a solid ally outside of just what they call armchair activism or virtue signaling? I would say showing up and putting in the work, reading books, listening with intent of truly listening and not with intent of responding. You can't expect those communities to put in the work for you. You can't expect them to educate you. You can listen to them. Everything aside, really just focusing on the cause and the work is never done. I agree with that. And I like that you mentioned that too, because, you know, a lot of my friends of color, one thing that they've reminded me of is that it's not their responsibility to educate white folks or privileged folks. It's our responsibility to learn about their struggles and how things work in this country. So that way we can change things to benefit them and everyone else. I would say that's absolutely spot on. It's not their job to educate us at all. I'm glad that you know this. You're one step ahead. <laughs> um, now on the flip side of that, what is something easy that maybe someone who has a busy life or other things going on that they could do quickly or easily to help out? I would say listening to podcasts to start out with reading books. There's so much information out there. If only you just put it in Google, to be completely honest. Yeah. And with little to no effort, easy education. Now, a person who has more time can donate to causes, volunteer for causes, anything like that. Even supporting a POC shop business. Yeah, definitely. And there's, there's, like you said, there's so much information out there. Like, you know, they have databases, they have like lists of, you know, black owned businesses, woman owned businesses, indigenous owned businesses. So the information is out there. It's the impetus is on you as an individual to find it. That's definitely true. All right, cool. Um, and last question on this topic. So how do you use your leadership skills and influence to help benefit others? I don't know, just being myself, talking about things. 
I know that sounds silly, but, but by just being vocal about things without virtue signaling, for sure, without putting anybody down. I think cancel culture is also something that I don't think is necessarily the best thing in this world right now. I think that people can only learn and that racism and homophobic beliefs are not something you're born with. It's their learned behaviors, whether as a child or as something growing up, you know, people hear this stuff and it's just awful. And that's a tricky thing too, because, you know, you had mentioned cancel culture. So, I mean, social media is so tricky. I think that I'm trying to put into words what I think about it. I feel like it's easier for people to bully people on social media. Oh, yeah. And people in the heat of the moment say things they don't mean, but they shouldn't say it regardless. It should not even be a thought. I'm not going to lie. I feel like that affects a lot of people because I'll be, I'll be humble. I'll humble myself right now. I've said stuff on social media that was impulsive and that wasn't 100% correct, you know, but... I feel like you just got to keep trying to get better and make sure that you know what you're talking about. Some of these people who deal with those things literally need to retrain their brain. And they just like, double down. See, that's the difference. So I learn from everything I do, or at least I try to. But some people, like if they're told that something's wrong, they just double down. Oh, absolutely. For me, that's a time to reflect. Like maybe the person telling me this is wrong. But at least I think about it and I examine it. I try to see things from their perspective and say, absolutely, of just, no, this is absolutely right. Like, <laughs> I think that's important. Like, I think it's important learning from a mistake, like truly learning from a mistake. I can humble myself as well. I've definitely said things and done things that have not been the greatest, but we've both learned from those situations and we've grown. So. We can only take it one day at a time and continue doing the work we're doing. For sure. I agree with that. All right. So next topic that we have on the board is how to help out our local communities. Local politics function much differently than at the federal level. Some communities struggle with not having enough funding or resources, while others struggle more so with just the distribution of the funds themselves. So with that in mind, Do you have any advice for community organizers or activists or other people that are looking to help out their local community? I would honestly say doing your research is the most important thing. Making sure businesses you're supporting are actually legitimate businesses and not just taking your money and using it for the wrong cause. I think Big Brother and Big Sister programs are amazing. I guess something I wanted to bring up is I think the most important thing people need to understand now is what defunding the police actually means. I know this is a sensitive topic. It's important to discuss what it truly means. Defunding the police does not mean taking everything away, including the police. What it means is reestablishing the funds to help more with mental health mental health crises, anything like that. And I think that's really what understanding, I guess, would be my answer to that understanding. I think really the most important thing we need to really 
really acknowledge is the word defunding the police, the phrase defunding the police is not the right phrase to use. It's reestablishing funds. Yeah. That is the best thing to do. Reestablishing the funds, reallocating the funds. I can't say that. <laughs> reallocating the funds. Yeah. To, uh, because when people think defunding the police, a lot of people think, oh my gosh, there's not ever going to be any police. That's exactly. not the case. All right, cool. So last topic that we've got, this is actually going to be our biggest topic with the most coverage here. So we have a new presidential administration. So congratulations to Joseph Biden and Kamala Harris. Very happy that we finally have not just a woman as a vice president, but also a woman of color. So that's awesome. Representation is important, as we all know. Now, let's let's talk about your role specifically. So I know that you put a lot of work into securing this victory and you did some phone banking. So can you tell me what your experience was like with that phone banking? Absolutely. A lot of people could say it's very tiring. It's very exhausting doing this multiple days a week, but it really wasn't that bad. Anytime somebody would decline to respond or have little to no interest, it just gave me more motivation to continue to try and reach out to people. I did phone banking for Ilan Omar's campaign. I did phone banking for Joseph Biden and Kamala Harris's campaign. I put in a lot of work. And am I tired after that? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm exhausted. Yeah. But it's worth it. Yeah, there's a lot of motivation behind it, right? It's worth it. I'm still getting asked to do volunteering and I'm just, I need a little break. No, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> I need just a little moment of peace. Well, in 10, okay, you should probably rest now because in 10 years from now, I'm going to hire you as my uh, <laughs> my campaign manager. So yes. I need you to secure me a victory. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Only if I agree with what your administration is behind. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. So I'm sure that there was some bad moments where people said rude things, didn't agree, whatever the case may be. Can you talk about maybe some more of the inspirational or positive moments that occurred on the phone? Yeah. To be honest, I actually got to know a lot of volunteers, whether they be from Minnesota or out of state. So I think that really <laughs> made a difference. and. And it was different this year, you know, with the pandemic, you're not out putting the work in on your feet, walking door to door, putting signs out. True. I mean, you can put signs out, but socially distanced, you can't have functions. You can't do all the fun things that we got to do in the past years. So it was just different. If anything, I can say my favorite thing to do is vote. I love voting. I love being able to have the right to vote. Women didn't always have that. No, we didn't. What year was that? 1913 or 14 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I do a little happy dance after I vote. <laughs> I, I chose to vote in person. I voted early. I felt comfortable going to the polling places. They were practically empty. So I, oh, felt, yeah. I felt comfortable voting early and going in. I got to share with my volunteer friends. Like that's, that's how I celebrate is I do a little happy dance walking out and the people working at the polling places would just see it and smile. So yeah, I, I just think it's important to vote. 
I feel that. Now, I want to touch back on something that you had said, because I know that you're very well versed in politics and also in how campaigns work. So you mentioned door knocking. Now, obviously, this year, that was a little bit different because of COVID. But I've heard from a lot of political strategists, both on the left and the right, that door knocking is very important. And it's funny. The reason I'm bringing this up is because we live in a digital era, right? Everyone Mm -hmm. thinks that the person who's going to win is the person who has the best social media strategy. Would you say that door knocking and in-person events are still important for political campaigns? You're listening to The Illuminating Mycelium Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, you should come check out all of our fresh new merchandise and apparel that just dropped on our store. We've got t-shirts, pants, sweatshirts, hats, Phone cases, water bottles, coffee mugs, shoot, even blankies, and a ton more. All made with comfy fabrics and premium materials. They feature our signature logos, catchphrases, guest picks, and come in all sizes. Now shipping nationwide right to your doorstep. Just go to illuminatingmyceliumpodcast.com or click the link in the description to pick out your next gear and become the mycelium. I would say they're important, but look at this past election. Yeah. Joe Biden held no functions. True. Literally. Yeah. No rallies. He did some traveling. That was something that Trump grilled him off. (laughs) It's it's so true. (laughs) Donald Trump would say, oh, Joe, you're hiding in your basement. Literally, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris (laughs) used the virtual platform to reach people. Yeah. I mean... That's I think true. some of these things are getting that, outdated. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, functions. Maybe it depends on the area, though, too, because, you know, like swing states, rural areas, you know, you got to have a strategy for each each area, right? It's definitely true. And you have to know your states. You have to know your this states. This is why I'm hiring you in 10 <laughs> years. I'm going to pay you really good, though. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I don't need your money. <laughs> But I, I do have to say it's definitely changed. I think events and functions, sometimes people don't want to go to them. It's yeah. just like another function that I have to throw money at. I'd rather have 20, 50 emails in my inbox saying, donate, 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 and give to that rather than go to a function, listen to people <laughs> speak, yeah. drink drinks I don't want to drink. Only to be asked for money after. I'd rather just give, knowing I'm doing the right thing, than sit through something. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. All right. So first question specifically for the Biden-Harris administration. What do you think? Well, they've already had one. So let me actually rephrase this question. What do you think will be the next major positive accomplishment by them? I would say anything's possible. I know you've acknowledged it, but I want to say it. We have our first female vice president. Not only is she a woman, but she's a person of color. I think it's amazing that little girls can look up to her and say, hey, this is me. She looks like me. I mean, she's of Indian descent. She's of Asian descent. My daughter is part Vietnamese. Lucy can look up to her and say, hey, she looks a little bit like me, but that can be me. Did she do a happy dance when when they announced the victory? She, we were waiting for days, stressing on it. Oh yeah, well yeah, we were I remember for that. For days, yeah. stressing on it. But I did have her watch the debates, and at first, how old is she now? Lucy's ten. 
Okay. And you're Lucy's, brave for that. I don't know if I let my kid watch it. At that. Lucy's a totally different kid <laughs> yeah. than most kids. Lucy knows who she is. Yeah. Um, Lucy plays a big role in the LGBTQ communities yeah. um, of her age. She's on TikTok. In fact, she has way more followers than I have. You're and jealous, she doesn't huh? even have any videos of herself. It's her playing video games. Oh, wow. But she has like 2,500 followers. That's a lot. For a 10-year-old. You should tell her to like put out something for my pot. No, I'm just kidding. She could. She could. But get this. At 10 years old, she called out a homophobic racist person. Nice. On TikTok. And then TikTok deleted the video. Nice. And she put it back up. And it didn't get deleted. Wait, hold on. I'm confused now. Wait, so she reported someone that was homophobic. She didn't just report it. She yeah. made a video calling this other girl out yeah, yeah. for saying things like straight lives matter and white oh supremacy. God. So dumb. <laughs> I, it is so dumb. But Lucy is brave enough at 10 years old. And she takes knows, it for you. She knows better. She knows better. I bet better. that was a proud moment for you. Yeah, it's a proud moment. And... Also proud moment of she watched the debates with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was boring for her. But <laughs> I thought they were entertaining. I know. I know. <laughs> I think I'm gonna put a fly on my head for next <laughs> Halloween. But really, I was going to make her write a report on it because she was home from school. Yeah. But what I did instead is we just had a conversation about it. And I yeah. let Lucy decide. Who she supports. What if she would have liked Trump? Would you have been okay with that? Oh, I'm just messing with you. No, I'm just messing you know, with you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't not be okay with it because I would listen to her. Yeah. And, you know, I can only educate her. It's, we got to let people decide, but we also got to educate them. I feel that. I think, I think one of the big accomplishments is going to be immigration. Yeah. DACA. I think, yeah. Aren't they, aren't they in the works of doing something with that? Yes. Right? Yes, they are. They definitely are. You know, our country was started on immigration. Yeah. None of our families are from here. So to take that away and say, no, you can't come here. No, you can't live the so-called American dream. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. I have a proposition for you because I think this is going to challenge your viewpoint. So I totally agree with you. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely all about streamlining the immigration process, letting more people in. Now, I want to do this concurrently with that. I would also like to see us address the root cause. And the reason I'm saying that is because it's not because I don't want them here. It's because I'm thinking about their grandparents back home who are scared for their lives, whether that's Mexico, Guatemala, whatever. I want to help those people out, too. I want to know why are they coming here? How can we make things better for their family back home? It's true. You know? What I've noticed, I've noticed a lot <laughs> is people who come to America to live the American dream are sending the money they make yeah. to their families. It's very noble. I'll say that for sure. It's, it's a part of the culture. It's yeah. a part of a lot of cultures that the kids provide for their family, the children, the adult children provide for their families. It's very well known. Yeah. <laughs> so if only I could provide for my family. <laughs> Let's win the lottery, David. <laughs> All right. Next question. So we, I asked what was the, what will be the first major accomplishment overall within the next four years? What do you think will be the biggest overall? 
Oh, this is... I know it's kind of a big question there. It but. is a loaded question. <laughs> I would say actually leading our country instead of ignoring our problems. Yeah. That's going to be the biggest accomplishment ever is leading, <laughs> actually leading the country yeah. and not bullying people who disagree with them. Yeah, definitely. I would say it already feels better to have a new administration. Yeah. I feel like during the end of Trump's term, I was so focused on watching the news, CNN, CSNBC, whatever news you would, you would want to watch. And I was glued to the TV. Right now, right now, I'm not for my mental health. I am not glued to the TV. I get CNN highlights and I scroll through them. And I, what's next? Next day, like on to the next. It was, it was terrifying, honestly. Like, could Donald Trump actually win? (laughs) Come on, don't don't tell me you weren't sitting on the edge of your seat. Like, I think if I'm not, well, other than 2000 when it was Bush versus Gore, I want to say that this was probably one of the only elections that wasn't like decided like the next day, right? I mean, that, and I mean, something as important and as far reaching as an election. I mean, yeah, that's, that's definitely. I feel like 2020 was just like, it was just an incredibly hard year. We lost our I'm RBG. so glad this year's off to such a great start. We like, lost literally, RBG. That was oh, yeah, like, sad, yeah. that was probably one of the moments when I found out. I usually don't cry about well, celebrities I dying. About that too. Well, I mean, obviously she was a good person. Well, she wasn't just a celebrity, but, but she was such a big. think about what would have happened. Or I was worried that like, okay, with Trump putting in two justices, that they were going to like be like, oh yeah, we're going to overturn this, you know, because that's kind of what they did in 2000. It's true. It's so, true. I think it's sad that she didn't get her dying wish, which yeah. was... Her, her last request was to wait till the election is done to swear a new justice in. And I, I feel it's sad, but I know I could say for certainty that she is looking down on us Smiling. and saying, way to go. Yeah. Like, I've never cried over somebody dying. <laughs> I've never cried over somebody like that dying. Wait, like even in your personal life? Are you talking about no, like celebrities? No, I'm talking oh, I was not like- just a celebrity, but I've never, <laughs> I've never had that feeling of yeah, yeah, yeah. being scared as a woman. Yeah. Like, definitely. what's yeah. going to happen? Like, I get that. It was the most. And the crazy thing about it is two or three weeks before she passed away, I had just gotten an RBG shirt in the mail that says, I I dissent. Yes. And I bought one for my friend, too, because that's the kind of friend I am. (laughs) So we both had the same shirts and they came two or three weeks before she died. You know, one thing that I really liked about RBG was that she, she learned. She was always learning because one thing I will say is that during her, I don't even remember when she first got sworn in, but I know when she first was getting sworn in, those first formative years, she made a lot of decisions that stripped away Native American land and rights. But she learned from that because then later, you know, more recently, she did side with them in a lot of cases. Like, for example, that Oklahoma case where yeah. they gave like, I don't even remember the details, but she sided with them. So I was really happy about that. I think another great thing about her is when she would go to work, when she would do the work, she would put in the work and she would also 
she was friends with her colleagues that wouldn't even vote for the same things that she believed in. Right. You know, that's the kind of unity we need. (laughs) And decide what's best for America, what's best for people. Okay, random question, but it just made me think. I also support third parties. No, no, yeah, I know. Okay, so, okay, this is perfect then. Okay, let me ask this. So, we're talking about unity, right? What do you think I should run as when I run for president? Do you think I should be Republican, Democrat, Independent? I would say, I would say Democrat, to be honest. That's what I was thinking. Because you relate more. It's it's really tough to run as an Independent because... Yes, you can put yourself out there. But unfortunately, it feels like independent doesn't get far. And exactly. another thing I'm going to suggest to you is start out small. Yeah, run like city for council. City council, run for mayor, run for governor. governor <laughs> do you like that I say I like governor? That. I do like that. You, you got to start out small. I mean, I would totally work on city council with you a day, any day. <laughs> Just think of Brie being the first lady. Yes, that. Oh my God! All the little girls look up to her. She's so beautiful. She is. Anyways, all right. (laughs) Um, another question here. Do you think that it's important to apply pressure to politicians to get them to act in everyone's best interest? If we and we have also have to remember that all politicians, no matter if you're a good person or bad one, they're public servants. You know, they answer to us. We don't answer to them. I do have to say this because you brought it up. Biden has not done a lot of great things. But during some of the debates for Kamala to stick it to Biden and then have him pick her for the running mate, that just goes to show that anything can happen. Yeah. Like Biden realized his mistakes that he made. Yeah. Whether it be busing or anything like that, some of the decisions he made, but a lot of decisions weren't just his. Yeah. So we have to remember that in politics. Like, it's not just about what he did. And he's never been in a position he's been in. Yeah, he was vice president, but ultimately things weren't up to him. There's right. a house, there's a Senate, there's so and that's much important more. To remember with any president is yeah. that. Okay, technically speaking, the executive branch is only there to enforce the law. Yeah. Obviously, that's changed over the years. Everybody's done it. Bush, Obama, Trump, everybody's pushed it. But, you know, it's pretty interesting. Okay, so to actually answer your question, yeah. because I feel like we could sit here and talk for hours. <laughs> I think that we, the people, voted and it goes to show when we put in the work, anything can happen. Well, Biden may not have been everybody's first choice, including yourself. <laughs> Let's be real on that. We're not going to go there. No, I'm just they recognized we could not live another day with Donald Trump in office. Yeah. And it just goes to show like what happened. The insurrection on January 6th yeah. was insane. <laughs> like these people are screaming blue lives matter. And then stabbing stabbing police out. And it's nothing to laugh about, but it's so insane. I feel like we can laugh about it now, can't we? No, 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 it's not funny because I feel like I really love AOC. I would love to see her go further. Yeah. I, I love her, but she was actually crying on one of her live streams on Instagram because people had put like, 
I wouldn't say bounties, but there were people there to kill them. Yeah, like that's well, what they were like there for. There were in there too. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, that's what happened. And the crazy thing about that day is I was in my work watching Donald Trump speak. Yeah. And then I get off of work and I'm like, what? Yeah. I remember I was watching it live and because, um, you know, the, I don't remember the, his name, but the congressman was speaking. And then all of a sudden he got interrupted. And I don't know why, but like it clicked with me. Like I kind of knew what was happening. Yeah. Before it happened, but I just had this feeling. And sure enough, next thing you know, there's just people rushing in. Like, I think what needs to happen with Trump is they need to, while it is consuming, things can still, executive orders can still get passed, things can still get done. Congress and Senate need to hold Trump accountable. 100%. Because if he gets impeached again, then he won't be able to run again. He also won't get Secret Service. No. So, and on top of that, I was just watching today. <laughs> the news I did watch this morning was talking about Marjorie Green. Oh, and oh, god, yeah, she Sorry. was talking about how she never said anything about school shootings or 9 11 or, or anything or like that. Like Jewish lasers okay, there like is that. video of her chasing one of the one of the Parkland survivors. Like chasing Jeez, them. That's terrible. You know, all these kids want is to go to school and feel safe. I yeah. feel like we could talk about like, this for hours. Okay, my thing is you can disagree about gun control, but why would you harass like a victim? That's just it's, really it's one hundred percent or say, hey, this didn't happen. Yeah. Like how the hell do you know it didn't happen? Were you there? Did you plan this? Right. Like it's that's just crazy. Th- this triggers me. <laughs> I feel it though. All right, last question that I have for us today. In your opinion, what is the most effective way of bringing change, whether that be politically or otherwise? Okay, I would say talking about it, talking about the change, having a role. I sent hundreds and hundreds of postcards to voters in Georgia. While my impact may have been small, putting in the work had results. I want my daughter to grow up knowing anything is possible if we put in the work together. Awesome. All right. So that's all I've got. Is there anything that you want to say before we depart? Nope. We're going to, I'm going to be your co-host. That's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to create I'm a new, po- we're going to create a new podcast together. And I'm going to be your podcast. I'm going to be your co-host. We could. I'm definitely down for that. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you for coming on the podcast and telling us about yourself. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed the show and had fun while learning more from everyday people just like yourselves. To support us and help us spread these stories even further, please consider giving us a review or rating on whichever platform you're streaming from. There will be links in the description box just in case you can't find it. And for more news and all things everyday people, join our newsletter by going to our website. By joining, you'll also gain exclusive offers and discounts on Illuminating Mycelium merchandise and apparel from our store. Just go to IlluminatingMyceliumPodcast.com or click the link in the description and become the Mycelium.